Welcome to Shame Watch, a guilt-free dive in those massive movie failures that we hate to love. Each week, we look at a movie that either we or our guests love, but society shames them for. We peek in each nook and cranny for every bright spot, keeping the public at bay while watching the movies. While watching these movies like the miracles that they are, James just got his second dose of uh, Pfizer. He's feeling loopy, but today. That doesn't matter because we are watching two monsters, two titans, two ancient ones battle for the fate of the earth as we watch Godzilla versus Kong. I'm James Fight, the sicky boy. Uh, to my left is our executive chief archivist. Kenny Madison, executive chief archivist of Flat Films YouTube, as well as Shame Watch in general. And uh, right below me is... They don't know. Aaron Salinas, <laughs> uh, editor. Um, I got to say, Sicky Boy is kind of a cool rap name. So if you want to <laughs> take that, I say run with it, man. It makes sense because I'm so white. And, and right next to me is... The Lioness, Olivia Slap and Suarez. Yo, what's up, y'all? What's happening, y'all? The Lioness back. We got we got some good stuff. We got a, a perfect place for a lion is in a Go place on. with kaiju. We're back in the saddle again. Are you... <laughs> I was going to make another joke, but never mind. Was that from... See... No, Sky no. I, I was thinking... Sky I just oh. think Which I we think haven't done yet. We need to. We should. Sky I love high Sky rules. High. Who hates Sky High? Sky High is cool. I don't hate Sky High. Who I hates... I feel like... I feel like people have shame with Sky High, we'll bring, and I don't know why. If you have shame about movie. Sky High, come on the podcast. We're eager. Please. Say it to our face. Yeah, yeah. add us at Twitter. Which Love is at ShameWatchPod. Yeah, at yeah. ShameWatchPod. Uh, movie opens. Kong scratches his butt. James, slow That was slow such a good morning down. Scene. Slow <laughs> down. Okay. Warner Brothers logo. That's right. It's yeah, important. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Legendary pictures. Electricity is coursing through the logos. It was the... So, okay. Um, Hold on. Hold on. Let's add a little bit of context. Sure. Because we got to build up to what our opinions are. It's not... Let's not just release all over. uh, All over. All right? You don't want me to release all over you, Kenny? Let's build up to it. Uh, James, you can release over me anytime. Okay. Let's build up to it because obviously this is the culmination of yet another franchise that Warner Brothers has willed into existence into being a cinematic universe. The other one being the DC Extended Universe. Now, since we've covered right hashtag release the Snyder Cut, and since we covered Warner Brothers forced uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, we thought why not cover the other cinematic universe that no one asked for, but people are unusually (laughs) excited about. Delve into it and see. Uh, maybe there's a little bit of joy to be had about this movie that no one was asking for, but are really excited about. And I don't mean that to be glib, because it seems like a, at least just from the online reaction that I've seen, a whole bunch of people are jiving with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. They they have that right <laughs> that people enjoy it. But Kenny, I'm sure there's someone out there who doesn't like it. Well, certainly. Uh, but before we Ooh. before we want to before we get to that, I want to establish what our histories with monster movies are, and specifically this Warner Brothers legendary type monster movie universe that they've had. What's our experience with the previous iterations of this? Are we Godzilla fans? Are we Kong fans? I watched Godzilla: King of the Monsters at Aaron's house during the snow apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> of that's, Texas, and that's, that's where the the we. Start started saying wee wee, yeah, and haven't stopped since. Oh my Listen, god, wee wee is now part of our vernacular. Uh, because people would be wee wees, man. Yeah, people uh, just being wee wee. Wait, man. yeah, they did they seriously be like that? Was that from Godzilla King of the Monsters? Did they say that? In- <laughs> no, no, that was a bit we just ah, did yes, 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 while yes, watching yes. it because uh, there's plenty of moments where you should be able to see Godzilla's wee wee, but we don't see his wee wee, you don't. Whip it out. <laughs> yeah, whip it. We want to see that Dorn dick. Where's the Dorn and dick? Yeah, yeah. Uh, before that, I saw Godzilla 2000 with Matthew Broderick. Oh, that I is actually there. not Godzilla 2000. That is Godzilla 
parentheses 1998 because that oh. film was made in 1998 but there oh. is a japanese godzilla 2000 i'm not sure if it was called godzilla 2000 in the u.s but there is a movie called godzilla 2000 well regardless yes i remember having i remember the taco bell promotion yes with the chihuahua saying here lizard 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 and i got the toy of that chihuahua uh, and i used to play with it all the time but then life happens and I lost it, and now I'm sad. So I, needless to say, I wanted Godzilla to lose. Sure. <laughs> um, for me, I've always I, I I don't remember. My mom used to have a collection of movie posters, and I do remember there being Tarzan and King Kong. I remember she had those posters. Um, and uh, by the way, it's like the original Tarzan, not the. Uh, the one with the Phil, where, where Phil Collins like totally slapped yeah. so hard on that soundtrack. That I'm a so great glad that people track. are talking about it. Yeah, good like, <laughs> like he doesn't have to go so hard. It's a Disney. He movie. he did not have to go that far, but he did that for us. Yeah, I just want to acknowledge it on this pod. I remember watching Tarzan in first grade and bawling my eyes out. Dude, oh, yeah. it's fucking sad. Yeah. Like the it beginning, is... like his parents die. It does not to be need that not need to be that emotional. Shit, like it is, but. Anyway, um, uh, but yeah, and I remember always just seeing King Kong, but I also just like King Kong because I know they both have like their like reason for being created um, in cinema. I always liked kind of like the emotional aspect behind Kong and like he's got more emotions and he connects um, as opposed to Godzilla, who is just hungry for destruction and hungry to be number one. Me. So I've always liked King Kong a little <laughs> bit more. Um so I think I'm going to say King Kong is my go-to, but I also really think kaijus are cool. So I have a soft spot for King Kong, but I mean, for, for uh, Godzilla, but I was really, really wanting Kong to win. Yeah. yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, but whenever talking over like children's names for potential children that you have, uh, you want your firstborn to be named Stacker Pentecost from Pacific Rim. Is that, Yeah. am I correct? Undoubtedly, Stacker <laughs> Pentecost, Guillermo Salinas. I was just going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Big fan of middle names. So. Um, Olivia? Yeah, so I was familiar with Go Godzilla and King Kong. Like, I remember like seeing the previews for the movies, you know, as I was growing up. I don't remember really watching any of them. I, I, I don't, to be honest with you. But I do have, like, two, I guess, things that stick out. One, my dad used to call my youngest sister, Sabrina, Godzilla, um, when she was a baby, just because she used to, like, scream. Like, just, you know, like, I want to say it was, like, when she was one to two years old. And just, it, it was just kind of, like, one of those, like, cute little pet names, like, that mm -hmm, he would yeah. be, like, teasing about to, like, his friends or, like, our family friends. Mm -hmm. And so I sometimes tell her that like now because she's now 16 <laughs> she's just like <laughs> shut up <laughs> um, but um then the other one i guess is my late uncle he was really into like stuff like this he was really into godzilla and king kong and he's also the same uh relative that i had who was into you know just like the dc and marvel comics mm, yeah. mm. so um it's no surprise that like you know we're jumping from that kind of universe to this one and like it just kind of reminds me of him and i and i think about how much he would have enjoyed this movie if he were still here so oh. yeah no That's it's sweet yeah it's 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 cool and i mean i'm not really and we, we'll go more into it like later but i'm not really into these kinds of movies in general um but i i felt some kind of peace knowing like oh my uncle like you know he would be so stoked knowing that I was watching this. Yeah, thinking know. about our last, th this episode as well as our previous two episodes, we have recently made you watch very boy-boy movies. Yes, uh, <laughs> yeah. we need to we need to spice some things up. Uh. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like these are aggressively boy movies. I mean, oh, yeah. I- Take the next five movies. Okay, cool. I mean, I'm, I'm not like, you know, oh my God, this is too masculine for me. Um, <laughs> watching Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, you were like, Oh, this is just throbbing with testosterone. I mean, it's, it's after Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League, I would understand if you were just like, too much. Nope. Too fair. I, honestly, we have to do a pink, just, we have to do anything pink. 
whatever. I don't care. Not pink. Just like, I know, oh, you know, I've been wanting to do like the perfect man with Hilary Duff. So we'll have to do that one oh, soon. Yeah. Um. Anyway, anyway, yeah, I digress. But um. yeah, like the movies, yeah, the movies we've been watching lately have just been very action packed. Um, yeah. Great to kind of just like play in the background and like tune in, check in, uh, clean my room while watching. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Fair. So, anyway. Let's get that context. Yes. Uh, so we have, we have established that we all kind of have a familiarity with it. And I guess wait, this, Kenny, did you share? Your wait, Kenny, you didn't share. Uh, I, I watched some Godzilla movies and I watched some Kong movies. Anyways. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's all we could have said with the. Yeah, I didn't ask for a big backstory. It's Jesus. You could have just seen like, yeah, I'm familiar. Come on. <laughs> uh, what I went through a little bit of a Godzilla phase around the time that the Matthew Broderick movie came out uh but not really much familiarity with godzilla uh saw the, did you have the taco bell toys i did have the taco bell toys <laughs> yes. i need to look these up i don't remember them oh, if I'm being so honest. for godzilla they're, yeah, yeah there's yeah. one where like it was a glove but it was just godzilla's mouth so you put it on your hand and then you could like chomp around oh my it was gosh an it was an incredible marketing campaign on the part mm -hmm. of sony because yeah. it was just Godzilla. You never saw the monster in the advertising. It was always just teasing Godzilla. And the tagline was, size matters. Oh, yeah. That's and like, in all the teasers, it would just be like, whoa, look at this big thing. And then Godzilla would come suddenly come into frame and it would always be bigger. And you're just like, I can't. He's going to be so big. <laughs> Man, what what a what a tagline. Size uh -huh. matters. I, I just don't know what you mean, Olivia. Anyways. Yeah, I don't understand. <laughs> well, yeah, they have the Nacho Bel Grande. Oh, like, yeah, the yeah. biggest nachos you can Give get. Give me that Nacho you know? Bel Grande any mm -hmm. day. Uh, and I, I guess the shame aspect of this is that these movies are still, even compared to, I guess, superhero movies, which are common nerd plays. I feel like kaiju movies are still a little bit dorky. Uh, yeah. Like <laughs> the people that watch monster movies, like the, the the monster universe movies that Warner Brothers has been putting out, they haven't been box office smashes. They've done well enough. Uh, I'd say Go Godzilla King of the Monsters was an out and out failure, but like the Gareth Evans. Uh, yeah, I think it's Gareth Evans. It's one of the Gareth, the one that did Rogue One. I think that's Gareth Edwards. Yeah, Gareth Evans. Uh, Gareth Evans or Gareth Edwards. Which one did the raid? Gosh dang it. I'm an archivist. I should know this. It's okay. We won't hold it against you because we treat people like people and not replaceable cogs. Gareth Evans did the raid. Okay, redemption. so it's Gareth Edwards that directed the first kind of iteration of this stuff. A lot of Gareth's. It's too many yeah. Gareth's, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, one Gareth's per generation. Right. There can only be one Gareth per generation. This is their story. That's right. And then we <laughs> boom down from space into a small, quaint home where uh, fire uh, smoke comes out of the chimney in a nice, warm Christmas day. And all star Brooks by can be seen. Yeah. And they're and like, no, it's yeah. Gareth, not Garth. <laughs> all star by Smash Mouth starts playing. Somebody. Yeah. That's what uh, Gareth is rocking out to. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so those movies did kind of well. <laughs> uh, Kong Skull Island did kind of well. I don't really think anyone really remembers those movies. When did that come out? Exactly. I think you just okay. proved my point. Um, <laughs> and this movie is now out on HBO Max, and suddenly the internet, as they are wont to do, is like, finally, we've been waiting for this movie our entire lives. And I'm just kind of looking around, just going, I guess so. But that's just the internet now. Yeah. yeah. I just want to jump on stuff. Yeah. So let me, let me pose this question. What was the first, like, blank versus blank movie that you remember because for me it was freddy versus jason and i can't think of many others um oh avp oh yeah avp that's right oh yeah, monsters yeah. versus aliens <laughs> and then cowboys versus oh, yeah. aliens oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Cowboys, <laughs> cowboys versus aliens hell yeah <laughs> And then for me, obviously, it was that Dustin Hoffman, Meryl Streep, two-hander, Kramer versus Kramer. A real action-packed, sure. uh, just duking it out. Yeah, yeah. 
You've never actually seen Kramer versus Kramer. You haven't lived until you've just seen Meryl Streep just use her nuclear breath against Dustin Hoffman. It's it's <laughs> truly a sight to behold. She uh, has it all. She, I she, mean, has- she can do anything. Meryl, come on the pod. Meryl, come Please. on the pod. We know you listen. Could we do a movie marathon of versus movies? Please. Oh, but I my would God. love to watch Freddy versus Jason with y'all. As long we as we just to- put Kramer versus Kramer right in the perfect place where it would just completely kill the buzz. <laughs> and Cowboys versus Aliens. Yeah. 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 And Monsters uh, versus Aliens. Oh, Cats versus Dogs, right? Oh, oh shit, yeah. That was no, it, yeah. Was, it was Cats and Dogs. Oh, so sorry. Uh, uh, Speaking of verses, one of the things that we like to do is add a little bit of context about why someone might feel some shame in a little segment that we like to call The Context. Context. Uh, From (laughs) Film Freak Central by Walter Chaw, a review of Godzilla vs. Kong. Walter Chaw, uh, an excellent Twitterer, an excellent reviewer. And uh, pulled this review, and I really like it. I hope that's okay with everyone. Yes. Great. And I quote, Godzilla is a reaction to America's attack on two civilian targets with nuclear weapons in the same way the current American superhero cycle is a reaction to 9-11. King Kong is an offshoot of Edgar Wallace's sledgehammer racist Sanders of the River Tales, which he parlayed into early drafts of the screenplay that eventually became 1933's King Kong. Though it's possible to make a Godzilla or a King Kong movie without these ghosts of American war crimes, colonialism, and racism haunting it, Adam Wingard's Godzilla vs. Kong, hereafter GVK, ain't it? Not when these two giant metaphors for the poison of American exceptionalism destroy Hong Kong, a Chinese city the British only recently returned to the Chinese before banding together to fight a Mexican-Americans-Japanese-piloted robot dinosaur. The film is a mess, an ideological jumble, and a disaster of narrative that reduces its evil cast to half-expositioned up, half-glazed reaction shots. It doesn't have anything to say, and even in the worst of its predecessors, this was never the case. GBK isn't interested in ecology and arms proliferation and sociopolitical struggles and failing all the big things it's not about. It's also free parental issues, a romantic subplot, a compelling villain, or indeed a compelling hero. It's a giant nothing burger. In one of a few giant CGI heavy set pieces in the film, Kong goes down a tunnel that leads to Jules Vernian center of a hollowed out earth. What does one find there? Story inconsistencies and a magical axe that functions, the Rise of Skywalker-like, as a Tomb Raider key for an ancient doohickey Watson. the film's eggheads, Alexander Skarsgård and Rebecca Hall, variously described as indescribable. It's blue magic. Godzilla has blue magic, too. What can be said in GVK's favor is that the special effects are indeed affected and that there is a lot of punching and spitting, albeit without much of the ways of stakes attached. The rooting interest here isn't the unlikely eventuality of one defeating the other, but rather that they fight so the people parts mercifully stop happening. It's considered an offense to suggest that a film like this be about something. To request meaning and entertainment is the province of the joyless, not the joy of the substantial. GVK is a defiantly anti-intellectual, bullying entertainment engineered for inoffensiveness, despite being built on incredibly loaded storylines for the bombastic glorification of itself. Some will say it's better on the big screen in the way that a terrible band might be preferable live, because at least live, one is deafened in the company of drunkards. That may be so. If that sounds like a good time, have I got a movie for you. Thank you, Walter Chaw. And go read the rest of that review because he brings up a lot of incredible points about this movie that I cut for time. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not. No, <laughs> especially the the live music thing. I can definitely attest to that. Yes, because one of the things that I think is associated so much with the reception of this movie is the fact that folks are starting to get their second vaccine. And this is the only movie that feels like a blockbuster that is currently in theaters because what studio would be crazy enough to put a movie 
in theaters at this moment in time? The answer is Warner Brothers. Godzilla vs. Kong is in movie theaters, and people are just jazzed to go see a movie on the big screen. That's not wrong. That's just... A fact. That's what's happening. It's exciting to enjoy movies because this is kind of the way that movies should be consumed. You should enjoy them. Right? Yes. Yeah. Uh But with that being said, Uh I would have been really annoyed watching this movie in theaters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Because I I would have had to stay quiet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have had to stay quiet. And in a theater... As you should, you're a little, you have to be engaged. Mm-hmm. If you're at home or with some friends watching it, you're not as engaged. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you can do and I'll be and honest, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, to me, the most annoying thing about it all is right now, they, the Kong and Godzilla movies have been a little back to back. So they've just been kind of in the ether. But before that, like they were kind of sporadic. And every time they come around, people start acting like they give a damn about Kong mm-hmm. and Godzilla. Yeah. And it's so annoying because when Peter Jackson dropped Kong, I remember even as a kid, like people are getting really hyped about this. Like they feel like they always have been. And, and like it's not that much fun. Like even as a kid, like it's mindless fun. Yeah, sure. But it's really boring. Like if I was a kid watching this, like it's really boring. It's. The, it's so much fun when there aren't humans on screen. With oh, these films. 100%. The oh, humans yeah. Get in the way. Yeah. Like the human, like quit trying to put a, a stupid narrative at it. Just put these two in the hollow earth and let them go at it. And that would be a much better movie. I mean, yeah. go at it or go at it. Cause hey, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a different movie. Let them go. <laughs> let them go to pound town or hollow earth, wherever they're at. Uh, pound town. Also Aaron's nickname back in college. Anyways, <laughs> That'd Godzilla be a cool versus, wrestler's name. Uh, Godzilla versus Dong. <laughs> That's the porn version. Get that Y'all, SEO, I, I have to say that a podcast plays a central an essential <laughs> role in this movie. So, <laughs> yeah, but like, boy, does that taste not good? Because like, it's like this conspiracy podcast. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I don't. That was like my biggest strife with it was like, oh, we're like glorifying this like doomsday prepper person and like putting QAnon on a pedestal kind of. Yeah. yeah. And it's like we that's already dangerous enough. Like we we don't need more of that. Like, let's stop. Yeah. No, I, I just meant like, you know, a podcast, like just the, the medium. Oh, yeah. Our yeah, time yeah. to like, shine, baby. Yeah. Yes. You know, it's about damn time, Finally. you know. Uh, getting with the times. Finally. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm 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 gonna say like right now that I'm I'm really glad that I watched this at home. Um because one, I only have one vaccine as of now. And uh two, like this is not really my cup of tea. Um, but it was nice to like like I said, play in the background and then I will have to say when Kong and Godzilla were going at it, going nice. at it. Um they like those were the scenes where I actually like stopped and watched because exactly. you're just like, yeah, throw them into the skyscraper. <laughs> like, <It's> cool. <laughs> and then even even the electronic one, what was it? The mega Godzilla, mega yeah. Godzilla. Like, I'm like, throw it, like, throw him, just, like, punch him in the balls. I don't even know. <laughs> Does Godzilla have balls? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, he doesn't have a wee wee in the other movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kong has a dong though, so Kong has a big old dong <laughs> and a butt that he scratches. I mean, Kong was the best part of this movie. B- B- yeah, I had I so much Big Shrek vibes for James. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, and James yeah. was like, I don't know why, but I associate myself with Kong for some reason. I don't. You all star by Smash Mouth. Oh my I, God, exactly. <laughs> oh, we got to do an edit. Yeah. Of side by side comparisons of Shrek's morning routine. And Godzilla's. And oh my Kongs? gosh. I mean, Kong's, yes. Somebody once told me. Uh, yeah, please do that. That'd make it my day. Uh, I mean, the reviewer wasn't wrong when he says the, a nothing sandwich or nothing burger, because, like, I don't have much to talk about other than, like, this movie <laughs> watch Pacific Rim, which is, like, yeah. more fun. I, I think the reviewer brings up. A really great point because 
I'm a big old nerd, and what I do is I look at Twitter and I just see how people react to things because it's just really film criticism is always super interesting to me, and I love to see how people perceive things. And one of the motifs that has come out with Godzilla versus Kong is if someone kind of is like, eh, it's kind of boring, some folks hop in and go, what do you expect? It's a monster movie. You just go to go see the monsters. And just thinking about it right now, like there's a way that you can do mindless action fun in a way that resonates more. Like I'm thinking about Mad Max Fury Road. Yes. Which you can definitely turn your brain off and just enjoy that movie just without engaging with it at all. Uh, It's a very well-made popcorn film that also just happens to be so thematically tight. You don't always need your screenplays to be thematically tight. You just don't. I'm currently doing a podcast where you're breaking things, you're breaking down Independence Day four minutes at a time. Do I think that movie's perfect? Yes. Is it necessarily a perfect film? Not necessarily. Godzilla versus Kong, it's just super dull. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's so much plot for unnecessary plot for something confused. where it is very clear that they put all of their effort onto the monsters. Why is there this much dumb stuff going on whenever you clearly like it's clear that the pace is so sped up just so you can get to those monster fights. There's only two monster fights. Yeah. Yeah. They were cool monster fights. Yeah. That's true. Maybe like that first one, maybe like two and a half. Maybe three because of Kong and Hollow Earth fighting some buddies. Yeah. But uh, there's only two kind of bouts between Godzilla versus Kong. And they said there was going to be a decisive winner. I didn't see a decisive winner. Yeah. Yeah. I was told that ahead of time and I didn't, I didn't see any, I, I saw, you know, oh, the power of, Maybe not friendship, but just, you know, respect, you know, spoiler alert. Definitely anime territory. Yeah. Whereas, like, they look into each other's eyes and they say, oh, we understand one another. Let's team up and fight. But not not ending like in Brink, yeah. you know. Oh, my no. God. Brink is that <laughs> bring sexual that up every, every episode. I do have to say, back to Kenny's point about um, just, like, the, like, thematic tightness yeah, this movie is almost two hours long, and when I saw that, I just was like, "Fuck!" It's like, like two and a half <laughs> hours long, isn't it? Oh, it just it was feels an hour like and fifty three minutes. Yeah. I saw oh. we, I saw that yeah. it was an hour and fifty three, and I was like, "Oh, I'm kind of surprised that this isn't two and a half hours." That's what I thought too. And then yeah. I then you know me like always doing things at the last minute. I like decided to watch it at two and i'm like okay this is gonna be about two hours maybe and i mean i was still a little late to sign on uh to get ready for this episode but i mean i got my fill of it like toward the end it's kind of like i already kind of knew it was gonna happen um and i kind of like was ready to switch gears but i also wanted to say that i finished the movie so that should tell you how i felt about the movie the whole time i will say though that when this trailer first came out i was like like fucking cackling because it was just like the dumbest it just the concept just seemed so dumb and then you have kyle chandler aka coach taylor from friday night lights who is not in this movie enough i'm so sad about that he's barely in the movie uh also rebecca hall who is a champion big rebecca hall fan who is ostensibly the main character of the film she is spouting off so much exposition, mm-hmm. and I don't know what her character is about. Exposition. She's, like a, she's a Kong expert. Sure. But her daughter, her adoptive daughter, who like communicates with him via sign language, yes. like apparently knows more about him. Yes. can talk to him. Okay. Yes, she's... I watched this movie this morning, and... <laughs> I, I I hope that I'm just not letting this kind of color my recollection of this movie because I want to try and give this movie a fair shake because a lot of people worked super hard on this movie. And at the same time, like, what, what, what is the thought process that would go into this on creating 
so many other balls in the air that are always not about Godzilla versus Kong because there's so much that is spent on hollow earth and we've got to get inside the earth got to get to the hollow earth got to get inside we have to figure out what's going on to the hollow earth so we can harness the power of the blue magic yeah and but the movie's called Godzilla versus Kong why are why aren't all of your narrative decisions designed to extrapolate ways of exploring that and getting those characters to I, I don't know just create some tension involved in that yeah I mean I feel like this is like a really bad improv scene where people try to like explain everything like every choice they make and over explain <laughs> and then talk too much oh, I that's the vibe know. I got I also feel like that's a a part of internet criticism that has happened as well as of recent with stuff like cinema sins where if you don't have all of these quote-unquote plot holes covered then your movie's bad and meanwhile yeah. whenever you create dialogue that addresses those things just like james said uh you kind of forget characterization along the way because uh, characters don't really feel all that different why yeah. why why are millie bobby brown and julian dennison and brian tyree henry in in this movie outside of collecting a paycheck brian tyree henry kind of being reduced to a funny sidekick which is a real shame mm-hmm. yeah i mean go yeah. go get that paycheck uh shame watch stands an actor that can get this paycheck to go fi- fund f- five other projects that you actually care about get that bread get that bread be a duck yeah. and and millie bobby brown's character was just just so flat forced yeah and 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 i know she's just writing the coattails and she's a good actress she's really good but like at this point it was it just felt like still like she's still gonna be 11 from stranger things that's what people really give a damn about like and and like and because she's kind of like on that high of wave of of stranger things it's like hey we need to get any weird kid "Quote unquote weird kid into our science fiction movie, mm-hmm. yeah. and it just she it's unnecessary. Every human is unnecessary in this movie, and I understand it's just like it's American greed and capitalism that's kind of taking the forefront, and it's you know America's sins battling it out, and it's just it, it's but, just but, unnecessary. But it's not." though it's no yeah i know it's yeah. just a visual visualization of it but we don't talk about wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah. that great if that would be the metaphor that would be because it's it the the the, te- the subtext is there it's so rich mm-hmm. to to put those that like walter Tross said these monsters are extensions of american problems things that america created uh, Kong being this exotic beast that we demonized, but whenever it was in its original habitat, he was getting along just fine. Then we brought him to our quote-unquote civilized world, and he kind of just wreaked havoc. And then we also created Godzilla because of our nuclear bombs on Hiroshima. Yep. So to have those two metaphors duke it out and then just talk about that being something as the end of days there's something there yeah and it was not present but also you don't need thematically rich stuff you just need to know just like make narrative decisions that are extension of what your goal is which like the goal of the movie what you want us to pay attention to is in the title right plus it would be even more entertaining if the fight scenes you take out the score during the fight scenes and you put something like super bass by Nicki minaj <laughs> like you know what i'm saying Olivia. like boom 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 bay yeah, or WAP. Like, I mean, I would have been. Oh, uh, that'd be great. Be like all like even more jazzed about that. I mean, yeah. I mean, the fight scenes were cool, right? We all oh, agree yeah, that. Yeah, like, yeah. that's why I signed up for. It. That's why I wanted. Like, I, I mean, the I. Fight scenes. I was genuinely having a lot of fun. <laughs> what as Zilly? <laughs> I, I I was having a great time with that. But it amounted to what, maybe twenty minutes of the movie? Yeah. Like all together? It's if that it's also really difficult to care about action choreography if you are not emotionally invested in the darn thing. 
Mm-hmm. And if it is, you you watch a fight scene out of context. How do you feel about that? Is is the choreography, is is the framing of it? Are all of these things great enough to sustain your your excitement? And you're just going, wow, I cannot believe this. This is incredible. Just a, such a feat of human entertainment, and it's not exactly something that has been executed uh well with modern blockbuster filmmaking as as it just becomes more and more routinized and i i found myself just kind of being like these action scenes are just kind of lackluster i know that i should care about i'm not i'm not emotionally invested uh i'm i'm happy to be proven wrong what what did you guys think i did get kind of uh the, honestly, one of my favorite scenes is when Kong is fighting those death bats or whatever mm-hmm. the, in in Hollow Earth. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, it kind of talks about like, look at what human captivity does to wild animals. Like it, you know, he thrived. This, this, he's the kingdom of this domain, and because he's been locked up, he, you know, and trying to go back home, he's kind of lost, you know, kind of lost his touch. And but that I understand that is me putting a whole lot of thought and heart and energy into a two minute fight scene. Yeah. Um, but that that's again, it put some emotional investment into it. Um, the other stuff, it was just like, yeah, cool. He flipped a cargo ship. That was cool. <laughs> oh, man. They're both on the battleship. Whoa. Dude, that's real cool. <laughs> Godzilla. But <laughs> yeah. And I, I I like mindless entertainment. Like mm-hmm. I, I I like mindless entertainment. Uh, I just why 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 is your mindless entertainment just so complicated here? Yeah. It was it was just getting too confusing because you had like you had the main storyline with like the Kong expert and uh, the do- the adoptive daughter and um, Alexander Skarsgård's character, and then you had the daughter of Kyle Chandler, Millie Bobby Brown's character, and her friend, and then the guy with the podcast, and then you know like you don't even see really Kyle Chandler, and then you have like the guy who is like the CEO of like Apex, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just, it was kind of hard to just like connect everything, I guess. It just got really jumbled at yeah. one point. And I was just like, I just really want to see them throw down like this. That's, that's like, if that was the whole movie, like just, Hey, just round one, round two, round three, like I would be all about it, honestly, but I just got really confused. It would be like if I went to McDonald's, I'm so excited to get my chicken McNuggets. I'm in the drive through mm-hmm. I'm so proudly go, hey, drive through attendant, give me 10 chicken McNuggets. I'm so excited to have chicken McNuggets. And the person on the other end is like, say no more. I'm going to make you the best chicken McNuggets ever. And then I'm so excited to get my chicken McNuggets. I know what McNuggets are. Going to get them. And the attendant's like, I did you one better. Here are chicken McNuggets, but also I'll put a Big Mac inside of it. And also, I put a McFlurry inside of it. And also, I put fries inside of it. And also, I put broccoli inside of it. And also, I put lasagna inside of it. And also, I put raviolis inside of it. And a cherry pie. And I'm just like, I like those goods, like all of those things are fine, but I I really just wanted my chicken McNuggets. And then we ratchet up in a tortilla from Taco Bell from the store. Yeah, with the toy. Hell yeah. That plastic and that'll be fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> That's your subscription from HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like. I, yeah, I, I, I like Chicken McNugget films. This is not a good Chicken McNugget film. No. No, this is like when you order chick, Chicken McNuggets and you either get one less than you ordered, or like you have one that's like kind of burnt. Like, or not, you know, pisses like, you off. Yeah, <laughs> and it's more. It's more like that air, like yeah. coating. And you're like, this isn't chicken. <laughs> Yeah, like, and I think the thing that kind of irked me more is they kind of show you the rich history that Kong and Godzilla have had yes. in the past. Like, they, oh, they that have opening fought. sequence was awesome. Yeah, do it again. Just, just, mm-hmm. l- just Nat Geo this shit 
and just show them having a fight. Like, that's what we want. Like, I don't care about your QAnon podcast. No. I don't care about the research that you're doing. Yes, no. I understand humans are wrecking everything. I understand that we, we are constantly, you know, trying to mine things of its natural habitat and destroy it for our short term benefit. I understand that. But sometimes I just want to see two big things go boom. Yeah. That's it. So I do too. If I may hello. If I may <laughs> may posit this alternative so we can turn this into a constructive uh sure. discussion because we're not about dunking. I don't know if you guys oh. know this. Oh yeah. We're against our first it. rule. No Unless dunks. it's basketball or donuts. Uh that's right. Which I should probably figure out a charity to donate to by the end of this episode. Um and we're talking about like good mindless movies. What are good mindless alternatives that if people Pacific just Pacific Rim? Pacific Rim. Cool. What, what what stands out about Pac Rim versus Godzilla v Kong? Uh, there's a lot more fights, and they don't overexplain anything. It's a pretty. They know what they are. It's really simple, and I think the yeah. fights are on par with Godzilla versus Kong. And admittedly, I didn't like it the first time I watched it because I was a snooty 22, 21 year old. Yeah, who's like. Eh, filmmaking is blue. And then I became a person, and then uh, I liked fun things. Yeah, Olivia Pacific Rim job. <laughs> That's the porno version. It's just two Jaegers eating each other's uh, butts. I mean, but yeah, I to me, Pac Rim is the one that comes to mind because, like, it 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 gives you. And not that humans can ruin it, because there's clearly it's a human driven event. But like, I, I like that it gives you problem solution. You know, yeah. in between here, the 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 journey is gonna get us there. But like, sometimes there's a couple of other problems and like human problems. But the human problems don't outweigh the big problem. The the and we see cool robots. The intelligence of the movie is probably comparable to Godzilla v Kong, but. Pac Rim is so stripped down compared to Godzilla versus Kong. Mm -hmm. And whenever whenever you finally get what you paid for, it it delivers so much. Uh and also, uh, if you haven't had the chance to listen to the audio commentary of Pacific Rim, go go listen to it. Guillermo del Toro is so thoughtful about so many decisions. I protein, man. Yeah. I protein. James, do you James Olivia? Do you know about eye protein? Mm -mm. No. Aaron, please, please. Uh, so, <laughs> so um, Del Toro is very, very, very specific about uh everything. Everything's got a reason. Everything's got a um necessity for it, and he really talks about how all of his shots are. And, and Kenny, feel free to jump in and, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, he, I mean, he went on to talk about uh, the streak in her hair in Pacific Rim for 20 minutes. She's got a blue streak. And if I'm not mistaken, he went on for about 20 minutes just talking about that one specific blue streak. And I mean, he, he goes into great detail of, you know, the dialogue is very important, but the thing, the things that the viewer is watching is most important and putting and putting detail behind every specific scene that you may witness and 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 allowing your your eye to just kind of in, envelop and, and gorge on it all. Yeah, and the blue streak not just being a blue streak for blue streak's sake, but a blue streak being symbolism for the trauma that she is literally carrying with her. Uh, and that whenever you flash back to her, she does not have that blue streak in her hair. Then the monster attack happens, and I believe it's color-coded blue or something along those lines. It's been a hot minute since I've seen Pacific Rim, but that is a literal visualization of her carrying out that kind of trauma with, with her. And, and I, I kind of think another thing that kind of Del Toro touches on is, is, it, it specifically is he puts like a sense of realism to all his fantasy and, and, and weirdness. Like, I think that one thing that is very, very specific about Del Toro films. And now that I've said it, I hope y'all catch it on every single time. Um, he, there's usually somebody getting stabbed in the armpit. What? In oh. his films. Yeah. Which is a very specific thing, but it, well, you all kind of cringed when you heard that Yeah, because that hurts. Yeah, and the reason he did that is when he was a kid, he was climbing over a fence and no. he fell no. and got stabbed uh, in the armpit. Uh, uh, and no. he said that was the most excruciating pain in his whole life. Oh my God. And he's tired of films 
where people are just fluffed with action. Like when uh, he, an example he brings up is with like uh, Die Hard, whenever Bruce Willis is John McClane's walking on glass, it doesn't really phase him. Yeah. But we all know if you stepped on like a, a, a small pebble, your day is ruined. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Does phase John McClane. It does phase him, but not as much as you would typically not think. Because yeah, like, he's he's all hopped up on testosterone and he's Bruce Willis. Yeah, like if I stepped on glass, I would just adopt my Aaron Salinas voice and go, Oh y'all, I'm just checks out. I am <laughs> I am not gonna be doing the rest of this action movie for sure. Exactly. That tower is going down. That sorry <laughs> day's ruined. I, I am not having a good time. But he said, no, like have your character experience pain. Mm-hmm. Have them experience the brutality of that pain and like and and fathom it. Like in uh in Pan's Labyrinth, you know, his cheek is sliced open. Oh. And, and we spend a good moment just there in enveloped in that pain. And, and he he makes the, the audience experience that pain. That's why his movies work, because they're not just a gore film, a, a gore film fest yeah. for the sake of being in a gore film fest. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I, I could talk that. about that man for, for years. You should. <laughs> OK. So he comes from a small village <laughs> oh. in Mexico. <laughs> Uh, anyone else have uh, good mindless movie suggestions? I was gonna say maybe um, the other only other like franchise that comes to mind is like the Planet of the Apes series, mm-hmm. especially the yeah. most recent ones um, with Andy Serkis. Because like I can watch that like, and I think I didn't I didn't have a problem with those because I think well one like my dad and my family we have like this fascination with chimpanzees, yeah. so I think that also plays a role. Um, but like. Honestly, we were just like, they just kind of flow, I think, a little bit better. And yeah, there's like some human fodder um, that happens, but uh, it's not like, oh, this is really dragging. It's like, oh, shit, like, you know, this monkey or this, yeah, this, he's dying or that guy died, that guy died. Like, it's just very quick. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and now that you kind of mentioned that and no disrespect at all. But I think it's kind of safe to say any Robert Rodriguez film. Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly dumb, incredibly <laughs> well-made movies. Uh, yeah. Alita Battle Angel. Super dumb. I had so much fun. Yeah. M- Machete. Machete. Uh, yeah. A exploitation film. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of when it's getting a little dull, they use someone's organs to repel down the, the, the hospital. You can't oh get better God, than that. Great. Come on. Oh, yeah. my gosh. <laughs> You and know. they give you a, a, they're like, yeah, there's four miles of intestine in every single human being. And you're like, why did they just say that randomly? Oh, because he's going to repel down the hospital. Okay. Oh huh, interesting cool. slice. Yeah. Spy Kids. Spy, Spy kids. kids. Another prime example. I mean, like, 3D game over. I mean, oh, oh, that was just on. a total game changer. Just, uh, and it, it's, again, like, even as kids, and that's where they worked as, as kid movies. And like, even now today, like, all of them mindless fun mindless fun mindless fun i can go wash the dishes not need to be caught up and i'm like ah that was cool yeah Uh, speaking of mindless fun uh it's time for the rest of our co-hosts to check out as we play the podcast only fourth favorite game the rotten tomatoes game it's the rotten tomatoes game boom da boom boom splat The Rotten Tomatoes game is based off of the website Rotten Tomatoes, a film review aggregator that takes all submitted film reviews, averages them out by a pass-fail system, then assigns a percentage on how many people might think a movie is either fresh or rotten. This is not a score that a film is X percent good. It is only a score of how many people went at least, eh, towards it. I'm going to be asking for three answers today, folks. Three answers. Uh, Two of them being our usual critical score as well as the audience score and a third mystery question is the podcast the podcast rating within the movie (laughs) it is not uh (laughs) i think it will be hopefully equally amusing uh starting with mr fight out of 333 professional film critics what do you think the approval rating is for godzilla versus kong directed by Uh, adam wingard my first initial gut number was 37 percent and I'm too tired to uh, think otherwise. 37%. So 37%. James phoning it an answer. And you know what? I support you phoning it in because everyone needs a bad day. And buddy, you're allowed to phone it in. I love you. Love you too. 
Mr. Salinas? I'm going to say 67. 67. Why 67? Because uh, there's two uh, two monsters in this film, and that's two away from 69. Uh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a good guess. Uh, speaking of monsters fighting, the lioness. You know, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic than James, but not as optimistic as Aaron, and I'm going to say 45%. 45%. Why are you striking that balance? I don't know. I, I just, I feel like, I, I mean, I think maybe because there's such a history within the franchise, maybe that's the thing that kind of like piques some critics' interest. I, I'm, I'm really just kind of, I just thought it sounded like a nice number, to be honest. <laughs> hey, I'm a big fan of 45. Great number. Uh, unfortunately, it is not the right number. In fact, none of these are the right number. All of them are far too pessimistic. The correct what? answer is 75%. What? Critics love this movie. Why? And by love this movie, I mean 75% of surveyed film critics at least went eh to it. It might just be a case of a whole bunch of people going, it's fine. You really channel yeah. the soft there. <laughs> yeah i think a lot of it is just we haven't had shit out yeah like yeah i, yeah. I, I think that's what a lot of it comes down to it really could be that uh speaking of nothing being out out of five thousand plus audience reviews oh my god no miss Suarez, what do you think the audience rating is for godzilla v kong um, I don't think it deserves a 69, and but I'm going to say a 63%. 63%. Why do you think it doesn't deserve a 69? Nah. Uh, because 69 is just too good. It's too sacred. Yeah, we need, to, we need to enshrine that. Yeah. That's going on the merch line, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the way that it gets preserved in gold is by a shower. Miss, uh, Mr. Salinas. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say, I'm going to say 72 because uh, movie boys are the worst. <laughs> uh, movie boys oh, are indeed the worst. Uh, Mr. Fight, it all comes down to you. 86% because Eight. of what Aaron said, but more roid. Certainly. Uh, well, I think you all have underestimated just how awful movie boys are. The, no, oh, geez. are the you audience rating, no. The audience rating for this movie is 92%. What? Shut the fuck oh up. Oh, my God. Audiences. I thought I was going high with 86. Good God. Nope. Oh, man. Oh, dude. I, I thought I was like, oh, James is going to win because he's going over. And then. <laughs> yeah, oh, I thought so, too. Turn. Oh, and the third question. That I How think many is movie the boys are in this? Most vital question. Uh, let me pull up this Wikipedia page real quick. How many butt scratches are there? <laughs> one. That boy, howdy, they make this a good one. Okay. <laughs> do, 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 do. The award-nominated actress Rebecca Hall is the star of this film. Oh, she, she no. has appeared in such marvelous films as *The Town*, uh, *Iron Man 3*, one of my favorite Marvel movies, uh, and other classy films. I really other Woody Allen movies, which you don't really want to talk Ooh. about. But Rebecca Hall is an incredible actress. Hands down, I think her widely most considered best work is probably in the film Christine about a news anchor who commits suicide on the air. What? She's a classy actress. What is her name in this movie? Oh, shit. The star of this film, Rebecca Hall. They say it like two times. I, I know. I know the daughter's name. Uh, you know, I'm just gonna say. I just want to put. I, I want to point out Olivia just watched this too. <laughs> I know. Literally before this recording. Uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm going with Laura. 
Laura is what James is saying. And again, Rebecca Hall in his third build uh, underneath Alexander Skarsgård and Millie Bobby Brown. But I would argue that uh, she is the lead of this film. Uh, but yeah. Millie Bobby Brown just has a little bit more star power because she's a carryover from Godzilla. Hollywood sucks, dude. And No, James, she eats waffles. Yeah, man. She eats Eggos, so she deserves the stardom. So James uh, says Laura. Laura. Yeah. Can I can I put in a secondary? Uh yeah. I think it's either Laura or Natalie. Laura or Natalie. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Olivia for sure knows the name of Millie Bobby Brown's character, but does not know. No, no, not her. I know the the girl who signs. Yes. I remember her name. What's her name? Because she was more memorable. Uh, Gia. Oh yeah, I think that's right. Sounds but, right. But the but the Rebecca Hall's character, I don't remember. I mean, I just remember she said she was the Kong expert. So I'm gonna go with like I feel like her name's Anna. Again, this actress, third weird. build. I would make I I would really make the argument that she is the lead actress of this film. The most important character, ostensibly. Aaron. What if her name is just Kong Expert? <laughs> Aaron, again, I cannot reiterate this enough. Third build. And I also like the fact that we've all thrown out different letter, different <laughs> names that the letters start with. So, like, if it would be one thing if, like, James said anna and then olivia said like alexandria like we're all kind of in close but we don't have a fucking clue let's be honest it's either laura Um, and natalie i would argue that of all of the human characters in this film we spent the most time with her period we We should know anything about her i'm gonna say christina but it's spelled K-O-N-G-R-I-S-T-I-N-A, Kong but Stina. the O-N-G is silent. <laughs> Aaron, I would say that you are probably closest <laughs> in the sense that her name has an E-N sound in it. Her name is... Christine? Christine. I- her name is Eileen. Oh, Eileen. my God. I was nowhere close. <laughs> Dr. On, Eileen, Eileen Andrews. Eileen. Oh, that's where the A came from. I don't know why. A monarch anthropological linguist and Gia's adoptive mother. Hall described her participation as overwhelming due to the film being her first project after her pregnancy, but found the experience thrilling. Hall described Eileen as the Jane Goodall of Kong. That's great because her adopted daughter was the one that taught him how to sign. Great! I remember the daughter. Hey, I've met Jane Goodall. You met her? Yeah, I've met Jane Goodall. Stop it. What? Stop it. I freaking love Jane Goodall. Sorry, we, like, yeah. we don't have time to talk about that story. We're, <laughs> we're at time. I'm sorry. Jane, come on the pod, please. I have so many questions. Sure uh, you want to know something real mad? It came down to a vote between Jenna Marbles and Jane Goodall for my school to bring her. And the school was pissed that it wasn't Jenna Marbles. And I threw a fit. I was like, how could you, a woman who's done so much advancement for human civilization or Jenna Marbles. Yeah, but okay. Jenna Marbles does a funny voice and has dogs. But you Jane, but Jane is also trying to make sure, like you know, we actually still have like our like natural habitats, you know. Y'all, yeah, I don't, I don't see how it's a competition. Jenna Marbles teaches me how to do makeup. Well, that's been our episode of Shame Watch. Thank you to Denise Hudson for our rockin' theme song and to James Garcia for our artwork. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Shame Watch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found. Do you have suggestions, questions, comments, or general tomfoolery you want to contribute to the pod? Send it our way. Visit us on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Shame Watch Pod so we can talk with you. Finally, you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash shamewatch. It does cost money to put out superb content like this pod, so even a $1 donation can make a huge difference. And now Olivia's going to say names. All right. We've got Kenny Madison. Of Austin, Texas. Aaron O. Salinas. Of Austin, Texas. Gene Fight. Bowling Green, Ohio. Alan Smith. Leander, Texas. Bradley McPherson. Of Tulsa. Okay. I don't know why I blanked. Sorry. <laughs> Jennifer Steinberg. Of Austin, Texas. Heraclio Gonzalez. Of Austin, Texas. Ian Keegan. Of Gillette, Wyoming. Danny Cantu. Of San Marcos, Texas. Miranda Suarez. 
of San Antonio, Texas. Irene Suarez of San Antonio, Texas. Nolan Barger of Mommy, Ohio. Yes. The Con Save of Stephenville, Texas. Holly Cuomo of Austin, Texas. Rebecca Trejo. De La Hache of Houston, Texas. Irvin Castellanos. Of Austin, Texas. Duran. Of Kyle, Texas. Ashley Blom. Of San Bernardino. San, Santa, Santa Barbara. Barbara. Santa, say it again. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Ryan Hill. Of Austin, Texas. Jason Harris. Of Austin, Texas. Kara Weaver. Of Austin, Texas. Lasso Cast. Of Austin, Texas. And Alicia Silvestri. Of Austin, Texas. Of mystery? Question mark. Let us know, Alicia. Alicia. Uh, until next time, our watch has now ended. Dive at your own risk. I just want to say I applauded when he scratched his butt in the morning. <laughs>